we're interviewing members of an audience who have just seen a preview of Vampire Playgirls. I think that type of sexual activity is disgusting. I love the nude scenes in the torture chamber. People who make movies like that are perverted. <laughs> Those vampires can buy my flesh anytime. Vampire Playgirls. Rated R. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted without parent or certified adult guardian. They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week and all the horror stuff that they think is neat. Hanging loose doing ridiculous reads. Not because we deserve it, because it's what we need. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. With me is always Christopher Triana. Christopher, Yo. what's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing? What's the Haps brother? Not too much. Chilling, you know. Uh, just got back from Chattanooga. What a time. Um, so They prefer to be called Chattanooga. Yeah, Chattanooga. Chattanoogians. At least their, uh, their mayor, uh, Yosemite Sam, is the one who said that. So I'll, I'll go by him. Well, there's a huge scandal with him right now, so I think they're uh, doing a runoff election, right? Mid a midterm something right. or, or a recall. Yeah, a recall. Yeah, the Tasmanian Devils got he's you know they. Oh, and he's got my vote, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, he's trying to you know stop the steal or something. I'm not sure what he's doing. I, I, think, th but... I think I think Tasmanian Devil has both of our votes, if I'm not wrong. Well, he doesn't not have my vote. Oh, but, well, you know, well. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to put it all on the glass right now, so to speak. I just, I just assumed by the backpack. I just assumed by the back tattoo, you know, that said Harley Davidson forever with the big Tasmanian Devil. I thought that meant that you were in support of him. But I, oh, well, you missed you. Okay, I had a, I had an adjustment put onto it because it still says that and it has a Harley Davidson or it has and it has the Tasmanian Devil. But I put uh, had them put a T-shirt on him that says, "If you can read this, the bitch fell off." So ah. now when I, so when I'm riding, you know, on my motorcycle, like I do, um, you know, shirtless, then it really, really shows where I stand on things. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yep. <laughs> Makes they sense. Really do, they do have T-shirts like that. Even if oh you ever yeah. Oh no, I know. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, seen, right. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're like at every New Orleans little store you could walk into. Oh, dude, I on... know. I dude, I lived, I lived, you know, uh, like an hour away from Daytona Beach. Uh, oh so, yeah. yeah. You've seen them. Uh, You've seen I, the shirts I, with the titties painted on them, and I've, yeah, I've seen all hair. that kind of biker shit. Yep. Yeah, what a time. Speaking yeah. of, uh, you know, dumb biker shit, uh, I see you have a Misfits shirt on. No, <laughs> just joking. How was we that were, biker uh, shit? I, 
<laughs> no, Nick and I were listening to uh, some Misfits on the Road, the uh, uh, 12 Hits from Hell especially, and then talking about how the rights and all that fucking how they got to had to record that record and that's what become became walk Am- walk among us and how uh do you now you now you're a big danzig head what do you think about this do you think that danzig sounds more like invigorated and and uh more like you know into what he's doing on the 12 hits from hell version and does it seem like on walk among us he's kind of like ah we're, come on we did this already like maybe a tad less uh aggressive in his approach maybe I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I've, never really, you... I've never really thought about it. So I didn't either. Nick had posed that to me when we put them up next to each other. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. You do that if you can and tell me what you think, because I'd be interested to see what you think, da- being a Danzig aficionado. Yes. Because you have the Danzig back tattoo. I do. And, and, it's, also, not, it's... and it's not cool. It's not like it's the skull. It's just his face looking very mm-hmm. unhappy, which mm-hmm. is pretty much every picture of him that's ever been taken. It's just him, just his face yeah. looking really mad. And he's like holding milk duds in his yeah. hand, you know? So. Yeah, it says, if you can read this, Doyle fell off, you know, it's <laughs> it's got a whole other bent to it. It's got yeah. the, brick, the bricks that he used to keep in his house. You've got a whole <laughs> thing going back there, dude. I like it. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to have it finished, and it's going to be our our album cover when we come out with it. So, uh, <laughs> no, but it was cool. Uh, yeah, I listened to we are listened to a lot of Misfits, and then even watched one of those Danzig videos on YouTube uh, where he doesn't wear a shirt and talks about his book collection and stuff. But you know, oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, where he's like, these are werewolf stories, all true, all of them are true, and he pulls out like the the history of uh, the occult through uh, the Nazi occult history like the history of the two tied together i yeah. know that video i know that, video. that was uh that was part of like the vhs danzig uh cassette tape that came out where they just had to fill the gaps between the music videos yeah. uh back when they filmed them all in black and white yeah, yeah i know those very well yeah but that was cool um <laughs> danzig nerd danzig Oh, dude, uh, I have to say hello to you from our good friends, Chris and Alicia Stamps. Shouts out to them. They uh, snuck in and surprised uh, myself and Nick P uh, at this convention in Chattanooga. And um, it was a great time. And I just want to say I appreciate them. And they they love the show. And they say hello to you. They send their love and their adoration. Much love. And their their, uh, love and adoration. So so shouts out to you guys. Shouts Uh, out, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so that's uh, that's about all I've been doing this week, man. Just like fucking on the road and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a grind. I got home at like 4.30 this morning. And wow. I'm up recording this episode. No wonder. <laughs> no, no wonder you were kind of like, oh, God. No, no, but I'm glad. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because then I just got on, I just got on point and started putting my shit together. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a time. What about you? You know, just same old. Same old stuff. No real news in the past week. None that, yeah. I, none that I care to make public anyway. Oh, well, no new nudes that you care to make public either. No, I never public. I never keep my nerds. Uh, my nerds. Nerd. <laughs> I don't keep my nerds public any more than I keep my nudes public. Thank you very much. True. That is true. So I don't tell that, people about that. you because I I've keep heard my that nerds about public. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you got me. You got me. Yes, I stepped in that one. I sure did. Um, 
but yeah, uh, also shouts out to you. I, I'm reading Night Stalkers and uh, to you and Ryan Harding. I'm, I've ripped them through that pretty good, and it's a great book so far. Thank you. Uh, you know, don't let me down. If the rest sucks, I will report. But uh, okay. no. So everyone out there, if you haven't picked that up, uh, check it out. And then there is a playlist that you can listen to it too. But I'm having a good time with that, dude. So cool. Thanks, man. It's got your stink all over it. It it's got does. Anna custom it, stink. It does have my stink on it. We were talking about that before the show. Uh, you know, anyone who knows me will notice little things that I threw in. And, and 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 like I was telling you, because the book is a comedy, I feel more comfortable throwing in little uh, Easter eggs like that. Um, you know, whereas a, a, um, any of my serious books, I wouldn't do that. But in this book, it's it's a comedy. It's a, it's a black comedy. It's over the top, gory and everything. But uh, yeah, I felt uh, it was okay to throw in a few Married with Children references and things like that. So Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you even threw in a few, uh, like, you know, you went deep on some of like the love references to me and your pet names. Uh, those are super Easter eggs. Yes. Uh, and those actually might have just been in my my diary now that I think about it. But yeah. either yeah. way, uh, Night Stalkers is, is great. So people uh, read people read into things what they want to read into things. You know? oh, like, oh, I know. Yeah, I, I, there are definitely people in my life who will read my books and be like, Oh, so yeah, I, I totally get that this was about so and so. And so I'm like, no, it's not. You're just reading that into it. You know, you, you, cause you just don't have the an imagination. And so you read the something that's ego fiction. on those people. Well, no, it's just, I think a lot of people, they don't have like an imagination to like come up with something that isn't true. So they assume everything you write as a fiction writer, like must have come from some reality, you know? And so oh, they try yeah, to yeah. find the connections, you know, but no, there's definitely those ego people too, who are like, oh, so that was like totally about me, right? Like that, that uh, total bro, like that's you and me. And I'm like, no, no, it's not at all. You know, like, but, or, okay. or like some like lover from the past is like, uh -huh. so, so yep. you wrote this you put me in your little book, I see. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, mm -hmm. And don't try to tell me otherwise, Christopher. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to yell at you like that. Luckily, I got I have restraining <laughs> orders against all of those women. So luckily, yeah. that won't be a big issue. But uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> well, um, speaking of selling nudes, I think we should just move right into our, our show. Uh, we got a lot of topic to cover today. Um, we're part, part two in it. We're part two in it up. So we've got definitely. I've like I said, I've been edging all week uh, to get to the the cum shot of this, and I definitely want to make sure we get there today because I've been holding off. Yes, this, uh, this is part two of our band and controversial films episode. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's definitely a lot to cover. So we'll just move right along. Yes, sir. So you know what our our first segment is, right? I think I heard it was book of the week. Book. Book of the book of the week. Bookity book of the week. All right, I'm on book of the week this week, sir, uh, and madam, and or madame, uh, <laughs> if you will. And uh, surely, I just, your forgiveness, I, I implore. I just want to put it all out there, covering all bases as re out of respect. Uh, for the fallen, but this uh, our book of the week this week is um, by a gentleman who I've met out there on the road. He's a great, uh, great guy. He's uh, got this book out here, uh, his first book, and he's also a filmmaker and an actor and uh, an all around nice guy. This book is called Family Man by Chuck W. Chapman, 
And uh, of course, every time I see it or I saw him, I would go, family man, family man, nail you on a cross on the front door. Like, you know, if you know the, the Black, Black Flag, Flag. Uh, family man album. Um, so this is about, um, it's called Family Man, the Unreal Story of Charles Manson's Right Hand Man. So this is, uh, I believe, a, it's, it's, it's true crime historical fiction thriller so i believe he has, has added some elements of fiction into the uh the historical part of this so uh, let me let me read the back uh the story they don't want you to know <clears throat> having lost his girlfriend to a college quarterback and his best friend to the war in vietnam billy shep shepherd left his home in rural south carolina to experience the summer of love in california in 1967 he was looking to find himself Instead, he found Charles Manson. In less than two and a half years, Shep goes from being a naive teenager to partying with the Beach Boys and the Doors and sitting by the pool with Candace Bergen and Sharon Tate. Along the way, he becomes a member of the Manson family and Charles Manson's most trusted confidant. A story of sex, drugs, and rock and roll of the 60s that evolves into a story of love and friendship, then madness and murder. Family Man will make you laugh, cry, and rewrite the history of everything you, kn everything you think you know about the Manson murders. So, that's from the perspective of uh, Shep, I believe, is uh, what this is coming from. And he was a member of the Manson family clan, yeah. for real. So I think there's, uh, you know, there's these elements that are real and then maybe uh you know our creative fiction uh our creative nonfiction bent to this but this this is a cool ass book chuck's a good guy and he did a lot of research on this book like he we talked about it at in atlanta when i was talking to him and um you can get this on his website uh or blackbedsheetsbooks.com or uh you know everywhere you can get books right bookmobile the ice cream truck that delivers books the built the book milkman the milk book man the library the library tamari mm -hmm. the garbage book man mm -hmm. <laughs> the, so all all of the books places you get books uh check it out so chuck w chapman shouts out family man book of the week Mwah. very nice very nice thank you get on it um and that brings us to our next segment mm. Which is everyone's personal favorite. This is a little segment we like to call Ridiculous Reads. <laughs> you know what that means. You know oh, what that means. Shit. Do you or do you not got any cheese? Because we've got a very special uh, revisiting uh, yes. right now. A retelling? Uh, or, yeah, a revisit to one of the greatest books ever written. This is Steve Urkel's Super Cool Guide to Success. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I wanted to bring this out because I did bring it out fairly recently. Mm -hmm. uh, just you and me. Uh, because what happened is the show ended up being lost uh, because there was a bad internet connection. John Wayne was on the road, so there's a bad connection, and you know it got all. It, it was one of up. those. It's lost to the other 
dimension of sound, some would say. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so you, a fair listener, didn't get to to hear it. Uh, so I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and uh, revisit some of this. Uh, now we are doing banned films as the theme, and so there was one that I was going to do, but I'm gonna save it for another time. Uh, because we've done so much pornographic uh, readings uh, <laughs> recently that I'm saving oh, it for uh, later. <laughs> well, Instead, it, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, just in reference to like what you said about, you know, this is from a lost episode. Uh, I've I've went ahead and and uh, taken the liberty of uh, uh, erasing my memory of that entire conversation. So this is all going to be new to me. So just okay. so you know. So okay. yeah. Well, I picked a different segment anyway, but uh, that's good to know because I've even more, even ones. more yeah. new to me. <laughs> yes. So, uh, in this, in, we've we've read from this before. Uh, Steve Urkel's super cool guide to success. Uh, it is exactly what it says. It is. It's a guide. It helps you. It's helped me. It's helped John Wayne uh, become the massive failures we are today. <laughs> but but hey, <laughs> we couldn't have done it without no. you steve and and hey no. don't think we're not coming for that weed strain you got out there both of them i want mm. that stefan yeah no no without this book uh, we would be in prison uh so it's definitely helped us a lot no actually it's helped us tremendously we're not massive failures uh our defense attorney specifically used the steve urkel guide to success defense to get us <laughs> yes. off that's why we're not in prison the only, <laughs> it's the only the only reason yeah uh, so anyway, this this book is filled with really cool tips, and uh, we've enjoyed reading from it in the past. Uh, so I'm going to delve into a couple of more chapters because these are very short, very short chapters. Uh, so this one, uh, because you know, on on our show, vital social issues and stuff, we try to be uh, sensitive to um, all of our listeners. We we we're open to all races, creeds, religions. So I thought we should start right off with this little segment on foreign languages and how to speak foreign languages. English is a great language. I speak English. You speak English. Well, that's kind of presumptuous, Verkle, to assume that. Uh, but I guess if you're reading the book, you, you must. Yeah. Uh, I speak English. You speak English. Even the president speaks English. Well, I'm glad we're reading this now as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, the last president, because then it would be kind of like a. Uh, I mean, we're also we're also like we're it's pretty thin ice where to go back to W as well, like uh, as far oh, as yeah. speaking, you know, I mean, that that's touch and go there, too. So, yeah, that's very true. Uh, <laughs> but there are other great languages out there. OK, and they're just waiting to be used by success seekers everywhere. Imagine this. When you're Laura, now Laura means your girl or your or your boy, your crush, the one that you you fancy. Uh, he just refers to them in the entire book as your Laura. When your Laura passes by your locker in the morning, instead of saying "Good morning, Laura" or "Hello there," you surprise her with "Buenos dias, señorita." That's the way to say hello in Spanish. Then you look deep into her eyes and say, Hello, ma chère. That's the way the French say, oops, got to turn the thing here. That's the way the French say, Yo, sugar lips. French is definitely the language of love. Then you grab her trembling hand in yours and shout, Ti amor, amor mio. That is the way the Italians say, 
I sure am hot for you, my pet. Italian is definitely the language of passion. All this passion may be too much for her. She might go running off to her class. That's when you shout, Sayonara, Teka Mikaya! That's the way the Japanese say goodbye for now, my little tuna roll. So now that, that now that is good to know, actually. That's good to know. So it is helpful. It is helpful. If you, you might even listeners, you might want to go back, hit that 15 second back button and just take that in again. Because yes. that's gonna come back, I think. To little little tuna roll. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next one. How to be included when people forget to invite you. Now this is very this has been very helpful for me and John Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I mean we would never I mean I would say I wanted to say half, but maybe like 7 out of 7 of the parties that we go to we're we're not technically we've not technically been invited. Parties, like, conventions, yeah, conventions, weddings, book, book sightings, weddings, funerals, funerals, uh, you know, just about anything where people gather. We had uh, that bris that one time. That was... <laughs> Just about anywhere where people gather, uh, we the people tend to forget to invite us. So this game in in, in this really comes in handy. Uh, okay, so here's the advice from uh, Professor Urkel on how to be included when people forget to invite you. Folks nowadays run around in such a hurry that they're always forgetting to invite people along. They even forget to invite people who are incredibly charming, smart kind, witty, fun to be with, and humble, like me. When someone forgets to invite you along, don't despair. There are ways to get yourself invited. Suppose someone forgets to invite you on his family camping trip. You can carefully plant the idea in his head by saying something subtle like, I'm coming with you. If all else fails, just show up. I know you I know you won't find that in Emily Post's Guide to Good Manners, but hey, you won't find any of her rules in Stephen Q. Urkel's Guide to Success either, motherfucker. And it actually says motherfucker. And that, it does? Yeah, I was going to say, because <laughs> I felt that one. Yeah, come through. Yeah. He hates her. He hates Emily Post. Uh, forgetfulness isn't the only problem. Sometimes people are just too darn shy. Like my friend Carl Winslow. It seems like every time I drop in on old Carl, he's too shy to invite me to stay. So I make it easy for him. If Carl says, I was just having some quiet time by myself, I whisper, now you're having quiet time with me. Suppose. <laughs> and I thought, and like, I thought you, I was giggling because I thought you were going to say Carl Weathers for some reason. I guess I got, you know, Paulo Creed on the brain. You know, and I was like, oh, and then then you did that. And I, my mind was doing a thing. And good. Thank there you, Urkel. You're welcome. On behalf of Urkel. Uh, suppose you drop, on by, uh, you drop by on a shy friend and he picks up a violin and says he's in the middle of playing a solo. Just say, nobody should have to play a solo all by himself and join in with your accordion. Now, you see, this is what I've learned to do with my washboard whenever John Wayne is playing the guitar. Yeah, seen in our opening credits. Yes, yes, he loves it. Um. <laughs> hey, you play. Hey, guy plays a good board. You know, I've been around and uh, you play a good board, dude. You do mean board, even. Yes. <laughs> Kids are really shy in the cafeteria. 
They're too bashful to ask you to join them. So I just sit down in an empty chair next to the shy person of my choice. If she says, my friend is sitting there, I reply, well, what a nice thing to say. <laughs> smooth, huh? I see what he did there. It's pretty yeah. smooth, yeah. If someone's too shy to invite you to her party, make it easy for her. Call her up and say, I hear you're having a party on Friday night. If she's still too shy to invite you, say, I just happen to be free on Friday night. If she's still too shy, say, if you don't want me to come to your party, name the capitals of the 12 smallest provinces in China. Chances are she won't say a word. Remember, no matter how shy or forgetful people may be, the main thing is to show up and let them see how special you are. That way, the next time they're making plans, you're sure to leap right into their minds. So again, and and I like to think a lot of people are too shy to invite us places, is what I think is mostly excuse, you know. Oh, and I'm yeah. glad that he put, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's what I think it's all really comes back to. So don't be shy, people. We're available. We are. Please invite us. <laughs> God, we're please, so lonely. We're so lonely. <laughs> we want to meet babes. <laughs> it's hot, babes. <laughs> oh, good. So that, again, is from Steve Urkel's Super Cool Guide to Success, humorous tips from Urkel on how to win at fashion, finance, romance, and more, a book that pays for itself. Get it, you stupid chumps. Get it. Don't pays buy my books. Man. Don't buy John Wayne's books. Just buy Urkel's books. I because, wish you wouldn't. I Just yeah. buy Urkel's books. <laughs> and that's what the message, the takeaway here is. It is. It's read yes. anything. Read Urkel. Read Urkel. <laughs> Professor Urkel. And your Laura will... Shine with love, mm -hmm. Professor Urkel. Yep. It worked for him. It took him like 10 years, but he finally mm -hmm. wore her down, didn't he? <laughs> well, it does, you know, hey, it's not an overnight thing. You know, nothing yeah. that comes easy is worth, you know. It's not about but... wowing them. It's about wearing them down. down. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> it's a little <laughs> problematic, but not in the eyes of Urkel. No. <laughs> innocent, innocent eyes. Yep. All right. So, uh, you know, I, uh, whoa, I think I hear something. Do you hear that? Whoa. whoa. You hear that? Is there, is there a phone ring? The Corey Hotline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Corey Hotline for you. Uh, as you know, everybody, the Corey Hotline is uh, a number you could call Chris and I on and talk to us as uh, us bad boys. Uh, maybe invite us to places, you know, don't be shy. Uh, <laughs> the number is 832-930-1347. You can call that 24-7 uh, and 724 if, if you want to do that as well. Or if you do uh, metric time on the 10s, it's always open. So you can give us a call at 832-930-1347. Ask us questions about the episodes and writing or whatever. And, uh, you know, and we're here. So, mm -hmm. Chris, we got a few calls. I think we should jump right on into it today. Uh, I'll ring a ding ding. All right. Uh, here we go. First call. No, fuck you. 
There we go. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris and John Wayne. This is Dave from Charlotte and also Andrew. What's up? Dave, um, my son, Andrew. It is currently 2 o'clock in the morning here, and uh, we just watched a Serbian film for oh. the first time Lucky in you. Andrew's hot tub. <laughs> what? Oh, fuck, man. Well, it wasn't... Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it was pretty rough, you know? Yeah. Bad. That was Not as bad as we thought it would be. Yeah. There were some scenes that really made me cringe, though. You know, the toothless scene kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> Obviously, that ending scene, you know, that was pretty fucked, too. Um, but, yeah, we, we figured we'd check in with you boys. You know, much respect, as always. Uh, you know, in this in this milestone achievement in, uh, in a young man's life to watch a Serbian film. Hopefully none of the neighbors saw, because this was outside in plain fucking view. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, shit. Hope you guys are doing well. Also, uh, in that 80s, uh, uh, what the fuck's it called? Uh, small characters mix and, mix and mash uh, fight. I, I, I honestly oh, yeah. think, yes, Critters, if it was a standalone fight, would win the, would win the fight. But I also think oh, that yeah. have, I think that if it was a fight between all the small characters, the smarter characters would team up against the Critters because they know they'd be fucked otherwise. Like, I think True. you'd have, like, the more conscious gremlins, such as Spike, Chucky, Leprechaun. I think those motherfuckers would all team up. And then, because they would mm. be like, all right, listen, we'll have a battle at the end, but first we've got to fuck these critters up. Leprechaun got his magic. You know, Chucky's going to set some traps and shit. I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I think that that would happen. I don't I don't really want critters to win. Uh, but, yeah, we watched a Serbian film. Uh, you know, uh, personally, I liked, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's fucked up. I can't even say. <laughs> I'm glad I own a copy of it. You know, That's now I have a physical DVD that I have to hide in my fucking closet so my mod doesn't see that shit. Oh, um, yeah, don't let her see. Yeah, thanks to you guys. Thank you guys. Keep living the life. Uh, talk to you later, homies. <laughs> Peace. Okay, so first thanks, of all, Dave, Dave shouts out. Andrew, my son, shouts out. I mean, if if this doesn't say these guys. These guys fucking party. I mean, this is uh, this is rock and roll. They're in a hot tub, 2 a.m., watching a Serbian film outside on a physical DVD. It's pretty great. It's pretty, I mean, if if ever it like you know, if I had my choice of how I would see a Serbian film for the first time, it would definitely be in a hot tub with another man. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I mean, and hey. That's how you have to do it sometimes, dude. That's these guys party hard, and they do because they party no, with me awesome. and Nick, awesome. and we taught them. We taught them how to party like that, dude. And I can what? totally see you and Nick watching this in a hot tub, so I well, could see where they got it from. You're welcome, but thank and thank you. But also, um, fucking, uh, this is the kind of parties we should be invited to. You know, <laughs> hot tub Serbian film watchings. You know, so I'm just saying. Yeah, and I good, wonder. I good wonder. on you, boys. No, that's great. That's great. And you know, like you mentioned that uh, Dave, that it wasn't as extreme as you thought it might be. And I wonder what version of the movie that you got, because actually, you know, this fits in with our topic, which you know, this is controversial films. And I was going to talk about Serbian film later. There are many different cuts of the film, and it wasn't until recently that Unearthed Films put out in America in an American official DVD of the uncut 
version. Uh, some people say, oh, I got the uncut. And it's like, no, you actually have the unrated version, which is all versions of the Serbian film. Uh, but a lot of people will, will say that the infamous baby scene wasn't as intense as they thought it was. And it's because they didn't see the uncut version. I assure you the uncut version baby scene is horrific. Um, but anyway, I, I was just curious. I'm not sure which one you got. But either way, it's still a, a, a horrific movie, even in its cut form. It still is. Uh, great movie. I love that movie very much. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. It's an excellent movie. Uh, so I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, and, and and thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, and also like I do like the idea of posing that the that the the critters on the critters front that everyone would like team up and kind of go against right, each other right, like right. that, like reality game style, reality reality show style. But then they would all like eventually pick each other off. But sorry, Dave, I agree with you on everything. But man, critters got to win, dude. <clears throat> critters yeah, got to win because that's kind of changing the rules of the question. Is like of course, like if if like if every other thing teamed up against them then sure but like you know like but that's changing the rules it's like no you're picking you're taking one franchise versus another franchise you know and i would argue like you know he mentioned like that you know stripe is intelligent and everything but the critters are actually intelligent they talk mm -hmm. to each other they communicate i don't think they have any particular leader like the gremlins had with stripe but they do communicate yeah. with each other they do talk uh and they also they're like they're not just like eating shit they have like those they can shoot like those poisonous quills and everything. Mm -hmm. Like they have like bodily weapons and everything. Uh, no, I like I I'm I'm with you, John Wayne. You know, like like critters right. win, critters win this. But yeah, if yeah. Gremlins and Leprechaun and Chucky and everybody teamed up together, then yeah, maybe they maybe they stand a chance. But uh, I still think critters would fucking stomp them, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it also, if Critters and Gremlins and Spikey and Chucky and, and Fucky all got into a hot tub and watched the Serbian film together, I think that they could all just get along. So maybe uh, Dave, maybe you guys rock. People. Maybe that's what maybe. unifies people is watching a Serbian film in a hot tub. You know, like maybe that's what the world needs right now. Open your mind, squares. Well, maybe a little, like a little hot tub, a little Serbian film, a little human centipede. You mm. know, like it'd be a good time. It'd be a good time. I mean, that's how I romance my ladies. Well, and that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm single, by the way. So. Yes, that's nothing. These are unrelated. Unrelated. Unequivocal. Uh, yeah. But um, anyway, thanks, guys, for calling. We appreciate it uh, very much. And keep up the good work. As always, you guys are doing it. And uh, Dave, please tell your mom that Nick P says hello. So uh, on to loving this next uh, caller here, uh, Chris, uh, if, if you will. Hey, this is Tobias calling for the Chris and John Wayne podcast. Hey, thanks guys for answering my question, giving me the info on the audiobooks. I'm actually really enjoying uh, the audiobook for Toxic Love right now. It's, it's really great. Awesome. Anyway, um, so last week you guys did your band films part one episode, and you talked about John Waters' film, The Pink Flamingo. Mm -hmm. And you talked about how, like, really at certain parts of that film, you kind of just have to look away like it's you don't want to force yourself to endure that at least more than after the first time uh, so my question is is like do you have any favorite movies or books that you just have to look away at a certain scene or a certain paragraph or page uh, but you love it outside of that you just don't want to force yourself to endure that again uh, for me it's Lars von Trier's film Antichrist and then uh, Edward Lee's novella oh. The Pig both both for similar reasons uh, anyway thanks guys those are good choices. Uh, like th those are good examples because I I've read The Pig and I've seen Antichrist and I can understand why there's certain moments where you want to turn away. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have a book where I would turn away. Um, I don't have that, even though there's books like, you know, The Pig, The House uh, by Edward Lee, um, The End of Alice, uh, but, you know, like there's a, by A.M. Holmes. Uh, like there are ones out there where, I, where they made me cringe, but I, I don't have books that make me turn away. But I do have movies that make me turn away. And some of those are what we were discussing, like, you know, in, in the, the, the program and we'll continue to discuss in the program. Um, and that's uh, Cannibal Holocaust is probably the big one for me where I really I really appreciate what Cannibal Holocaust managed to achieve when it you know, by being such an intense, uh, atrocious film. But I cannot abide the fucking animal killings in the movie. And so that I have to turn away. And I'm glad that there's a version of it now. Uh, and you know what? You know, I mentioned this on the last show. I'm glad that, that yeah. you brought this up. Uh, because the, I mentioned on the last show that it's on, you can watch it on Shudder. Um, and recently, my friend Mona, shouts out Mona, she and I watched it uh, uh, at the same time. And, you know, because I was talking to her about it. And it, the, the one on Shudder does have the animal killings in it, just so everyone knows. And, it's it's awful. It's just it's just fucking awful. And I don't. It's like in you know the director regrets making it. The people in it regret it. Whatever. Fuck you. You still made it. You know. And and I get that sometimes like you know some of the people in the movie were indigenous people and that they ate the monkey's brains and everything. But it's like it was definitely gratuitous to show what they showed. Um. So the movie like a movie like that. That's where I was like I just turn away. Like I just couldn't even watch it. I can't fucking watch it, dude. Uh-huh. And I know John Wayne, you're the same way. You 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 would not be able to sit through those the scenes in that movie. No, um, absolutely not. Yeah, that's the thing I can't abide is the animal stuff. And that's and that's the reason that even though I think Cannibal Holocaust outside of those scenes, I think Cannibal Holocaust is an excellent exploitation grindhouse film. I think it's oh, one of the great shock films of all time. It's not because of those scenes that I think it's so good. Uh, I think it's all the other stuff that they did that was not real. All the human you know, torture and death, like that stuff was, was all fake, obviously. Mm. And it's awesome. And it's really powerful and intense, but it like that stuff makes you feel sick inside anyway, just because of how rancid it is. Uh, But the, the animal killings in it is, uh, is real. And so I definitely, I can't watch it. Um, In fact, if it wasn't for the fact that Mona and I were, you know, that she was all interested in it, in it, like it wasn't for that. I probably wouldn't, would have turned it off anyway. Because uh, this is a movie that I really like, but it's I've only watched it twice in my entire life. Because this was this this was the second time because of those animal scenes, mm. you know. Uh, and the same thing goes for uh, well, no, actually the same thing doesn't go because I don't really like Cannibal Ferox. I don't think it's good at all. But that's another movie that has that. But I'll get into that later. So, um, sorry, I, I went on for a while. Right. No, uh, from like reading, the only thing I'll turn I'll I'll turn away from reading wise or skim is when you start fucking with a dog and i know it's gonna that where the road it's going down and i'll just kind of like skim to get to the next section yeah, or, you yeah. know I, I just don't want to like focus on that that's my own thing whatever mm-hmm. like that's just how i am uh but man tobias antichrist jesus christ <laughs> that, that movie <laughs> for me i don't i don't yeah. think i need need to ever watch that movie again um i got out of it pretty much all i'm gonna get out of it uh but there's some scenes in there. Nick P showed it to me on like Christmas Eve or something. He's like, "Hey, it's the holidays." Perfect. He's like, "It's a ho- let's watch this holiday movie." And I was like, "What is it?" And he's like, "It's called uh, Antichrist." And I was mm-hmm. like, 
oh, okay, uh, that's cool. Oh, I think I've heard of this. I think I've heard of this guy, Lars. Somebody told me to watch this. Probably you, you sick fuck. And, uh, <laughs> Might have been. Pointing to Chris. And I'm like, we watch it. And I'm, what the, you know, I'm like, all right, this kid dies up top. I'm into that while they're fucking. Oh, and there's, first of all, it's full penetration off mm-hmm. the bat. That's not spoiling. That's in the opening credit scene. That's the opening scene, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's this full penny. Yeah, it's and just that's a, fine. a close-up of, of Dick and Vag going into Ooh. each other. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but then there's some parts where I, I would look away from uh, if I had to watch this movie for any reason again. Uh, but uh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't know if we See, can I'm a sicko. Say, like, like, but... like Andy Christ, like like I get why people are upset by it and everything. But like, I would totally watch that again. No problem. Same thing with Serbian film and uh, Martyrs and other movies like it doesn't it doesn't. Uh... I know, but I don't know. It's like there's like this third wall where I'm like, yeah, it's not real, you know. So it's like, but yeah. like I, I get, I, I I get emotionally invested in films, absolutely. Like I'll cry watching a movie if it if it affects me that much. But like I I like Antichrist because it's so fucking foul and dark and everything. And that movie's really at, at its core about depression, is what that movie's about. That was one of uh, Lars's depression series. He did that and Melancholia and something else. Uh, but that one's the most graphic. And uh, uh, I, yeah, I like I like Antichrist. I don't I really have a I don't get a scream I don't get a sc- squeamish factor with that particular one. But any anything that's actual real animal killings, forget it. And, you know, I'm I'm gone. And you know, John Wayne, you mentioned uh, like like stuff like reading, like you know, if there's something with a dog, like say uh, uh, Red by Jack Ketchum, which is an mm-hmm. excellent excellent fucking book. But and I'm not spoiling anything. It starts off with the dog being killed. Um, and it's not gratuitous in any way, but it breaks your heart. Yeah. But that, but the, but the novel is great because it's about this guy who's treating it as if his son got shot. It's like it's really about how important uh, animals yeah. and pets are in our lives, and how you know they need to. You know, this was written at a time when animal cruelty laws were not as strong as they are now. Where an animal, like if someone shot your dog, it was like it was like property. It was like if they just fucking like stole your stereo, you know. And so that was yeah. the reasons that uh, that Ketchum wrote the book. Um, another book that I love is is uh, A Feast of Snakes, which is one of the most extreme, intense books I've ever read. It's by Harry Cruz, uh, and it's an excellent book. But that book, to me, was probably the hardest book I've ever read, uh, even though I love it. Because it, it uh, Harry Cruz went undercover because he also did journalistic stuff, and he went undercover into dog fights in uh, in in rural Florida in the seventies, and exposed them for how awful they are, uh, mm-hmm. and nearly got fucking nearly got killed himself for doing it. Uh, but in Feast of Snakes, he it's which is a fiction book, but he details what goes on at these dog fights and how these these dog fight trainers train their dogs and it was the hardest thing i've ever read it was so yeah. upsetting and awful yeah. but at the same time i really appreciate that he did this because he was trying to expose it you know uh so it's like this kind of like you know mm. mixed bag where you're like i'm so glad he did this but at the same time i'm like oh god it's so awful dude like uh, like that book made me want to cry but it's, yeah. but it's a great book, and I recommend it to anyone who wants to read a great extreme book. But it's extreme for reasons other than just that. Uh, it's it's just a dark, horrible book, Feast of Snakes. But uh, but yeah, I, I like yeah. You know, I've told certain people, you know, like 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 my friend Tangie shouts out, 
I, I had her read some other Harry Cruz stuff, like Celebration, and she was like, man, that book was fucked up. I loved it. I want more Harry Cruz. I'm like, well, I would say Feast of Snakes, but you would kick me in the balls from now until the end of time if mm. I ended it because she's like you and I with dogs. Mm. She cannot yeah. handle anything happening to dogs. And so, yeah. I, I, th I think just like um, just I want to comment on Antichrist one, one, one more time, mm. but the, it's, it's more that's the self-mutilation parts that i have that i am squeamish about i don't that that doesn't give away necessarily what happens but like the violence like the hook through the fucking leg and dragon i'm like you cut someone's head off with a shower like I, that's not in there but any of that shit like that's fine but like someone just like i don't know like movies where like you know someone cuts their own nipple off or something like watching someone do a self-mutilation i guess is what makes me kind of like oh yeah, that's, it's my thing, you know, you know? And, and a lot of people are like that, too. It's funny you say that because I, I've gotten feedback about that, about my own work with uh, Full Brutal, where, uh, you know, in Full Brutal, there's like ghastly killings and there's and there's like rape and like all this horrible shit in this book. Uh, but I've had several people tell me that they were like they could got through all of that just fine. But there is a scene where the main character mutilates herself and commits an act of autoscarcophagy and they and like they're like that's the fucking scene where i nearly threw the book across the room i couldn't take it mm. so it, yeah it's funny everybody has their their thing and yeah self-mutilation yeah uh, is, is it for some people sure yeah well that was great thanks for the question tobias i hope we i think we hit on all that for you we appreciate you man thanks so much uh we got one more chris let's uh, do it today here we go Corey hotline yo holy shit this is this is dave from uh charlotte again so oh, i yeah. think i'll be in the same episode unfortunately i called twice and within <laughs> a uh week's period but i was just watching some episodes and uh i heard john wayne now i don't know i'm i'm still on the short story episode because i i literally called in the middle of this episode so i i might you guys may have fixed this but I heard John Wayne use the word simp, <laughs> and as as a as a as a representative from a Gen Z, I, I'd like to say that simp only is is usually a derogatory term for guys who like get walked over. Like uh, it, it doesn't really apply. Uh, you can't really use it for like guys. I mean, for for like. <laughs> Like, nobody can simp for you guys, right? Nobody can simp for me because I'm a guy, right? It really only applies to, like, guys who, like, get walked on all over for women. You know, like, um, what the hell is it? Like, like guys who will, like, basically, like, oh, my God, you're queen. Women are queens, you know? Or, like, you know, like, like these really uppity guys, you know, that, uh, that like, 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 worship women and let them kind of walk on all over them and take their money and shit. You're kind of right, but it also is like <laughs> calling somebody a simp is not is not usually a good thing. It's usually like, oh, you're a weak little shit. Like you get you get fucking women walking all over you, you know, uh, you know, not not really a big deal. I thought it was fucking hilarious though to hear to hear you use the fucking word simp. Uh, love you guys, love you guys to death. Keep keep fucking rocking, man. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys this time. <laughs> Until next time. All right. So let me just, first of all, thank you, Dave. Let me just address this. So we were talking about having a, uh, I talked, we call, I called some people simps in like a rant I was doing. And then you're like, what was that word? And I was like, oh, my friend Jeanette taught it to me this mm -hmm. weekend. Mm -hmm. And as I had started 
<clears throat> to launch into what it what it meant, I realized like yes, I know this is a derogatory term, like I, <laughs> but I wanted to like kind of steer away from that and and try to like just skirt away from what it actually yeah. And then people they buy pe things for you and stuff like yeah, I know it, but. I do maybe disagree with you. I think guys can have simps too. No, I, like, I, I think, but, I, you uh, know, I, I think that that you were right in the way that you described it, John Wayne, because, um, yeah, like this is how these things go. You've never heard of something, and then you hear of it, and then all of a sudden it's fucking everywhere. Like, I've seen other people mention the word simp several times on social media since we had that conversation and it's always in that same context of it's like you know it's like a fan who just like wants to shower you with gifts you know uh it, it like that's what a simp is you know like i i posted recently online you know because i like they have this fucking thing on trick-or-treat studios they have like a life-size ghoulie and i was like oh my god that's awesome it's like 200 bucks so i posted just jokingly online you know i was like hey if anyone wants to buy this for me that's great and someone immediately posted hey i'm not your simp you know, so it's like, so I think, I think you're actually right, John Wayne. Yeah, sorry, I mean, sorry, Dave, but I think no, he's right. Yeah. I mean, Dave, it does definitely, I see what his, where he's coming from. It probably derived from that or maybe came out of that. Like, well, I think like, both are true. But, I th yeah. But, but it's I, true. You know, it, it just yeah. it encom encompasses more than that. Yeah. Now. yeah so yeah. love you, Dave. Thanks, man. Uh, you, you out there just like Dave can call the uh, Corey hotline 832-930-1347 ask us questions call us on our bullshit uh simpin ain't easy buy our dinners if you'd like simpin invite us to hot tub <laughs> invite us to hot tub parties uh, uh all of that 832-930-1347 Corey hotline thank you i but i wanted to say i only go to hot tub parties if if serbian film is playing on this on the tv i the think that's going to be a new trend that we have started now well, Dave started actually. Yeah, like, we're credit where it's due. I mean, we, the royal, like we, Dave, you, yeah, Andrew, credit where it's due. Dave we're putting Andrew, it out there. You know, it. it's a con it's a collaborative effort that we're putting it out there. He's and, trying to know. steal it from you guys. Trademark, trade you, it, trademark it before Dave, he gets he, to it. We taught him that. We taught him. Well, I guess you know what? That's good because now the 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 teacher becomes the the student or whatever. So, uh, my hats off to you, Dave. Uh, well, this is this is great because we managed to like just steamroll through all these things, and now we can get to our topic. Now we can put our our the meat shot all the way in. Yes, this is like the beginning of Antichrist. It is full penetration. Full right penetration. Just ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. Uh, so yeah, let's get right into it. This is uh, our topic, which is one, two, three, four. Banned films and controversial films. Part two. Part two. Thank you. Electric uh, Boogaloo. Yes. So, so if, you if, know. if uh, like for some reason, if you're listening to this and haven't heard the the one before, check out the episode before this one, uh, where we do part one of banned films and controversial films. Mm -hmm. This is the second part, so we're picking up right in the uh, late seventies or the eighties. Unless if you have one of those Benjamin Button diseases, you're right on track though. So just keep going back. You're, you're you're fine. You're you're fine. And you also probably have way bigger things to worry about than listening to this show. Are you talking about their dick? Like their dick doesn't age, it just keeps like a big ass dick. When you have a man's dick when you're twelve. No. 
Anyway, we were right there in the 80s. Uh, cannibal Holocaust, you left yeah, off. Uh, yeah, well, I, I did. I left off with Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, but uh, there were uh, other things that I wanted to mention in the uh, in the preceding uh, uh, era there. With, uh, let me get to my notes here. Uh, because Cannibal Holocaust was the most um, most successfully uh, prosecuted and banned, uh, and it was also the most influential. But there were many other movies uh, that that came before it. Uh, you know, some you know, like like seven, eight years before it, that led into the whole um, Italian cannibal horror film uh, uh, renaissance, if you will. Uh, and I mentioned some of these films in the last episode, but uh, the film that really began it, the, the whole cycle of the thing was Umberto Lenzi's uh, Man from Deep River, also known as Sacrifice, which came out in 72, same year of uh, Last House on the Left. Um, and it was kind of a ripoff of Elliot Silverstein's A Man Called Horse, but with added totally incidental uh, cannibalism. Uh, but Lindsay was uh, kind of persistent with this stuff, uh, the particular director. Uh, he uh, returned with Eaten Alive, a film that was was more about like a Jonestown cult that happened to have a little cannibalism in it in one prominent scene. Uh, and, uh, and then he had, of course, uh, 1981's Cannibal Ferox, uh, where the fir- for the first and last time he tackled the topic head on both as a myth and as a highly circumscribed reality. Uh, so Cannibal Ferox, I revisited uh, in between during, like in between the last episode and this one, I mentioned that uh, my friend Mona and I watched Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, and then I watched Cannibal Ferox too. Cause I was like, what the hell, as long as I'm upset, I might as well <laughs> get this out of the way too. Right. Yeah. Uh, now Cannibal Ferox has animal scenes in it as well um and the animal scenes in cannibal ferox are not as bad as cannibal holocaust uh, because most of the the scenes in animal ferox are animal on animal so it's like a cheetah killing a a, a fucking a rabbit i don't know it's like discovery channel shit it is it is but the problem with it is is that it's it's intentional like they they take an aardvark and they like tie it up well, that's oh, right. that's and not like, cool. And they let like a boa constrictor, you know, anaconda, big fucking snake come after it. And it's no, like screaming and crying. Yeah. Like so I don't like it either. I don't like it either. And here's the other thing with Cannibal Ferox. A lot of people like Cannibal Ferox. I think it sucks. Um, I really do. Uh, you know, it's the, the rape, the misogyny. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shitty movie. Um, and it doesn't have the same oomph that Cannibal Holocaust has. Cannibal Holocaust actually makes a statement about something. Mm-hmm. And it and it also, like, the, the scenes in it, like, if you exclude all, you could take all the animal shit out of it. Uh, yeah. And, like, the scenes in it are so intense and so fucked up and, and freaky and, and wrong uh, that it really hits you as a gut punch. Whereas Cannibal Ferox really just feels gratuitous. Um, and like, it's like, they're just trying to push buttons with it. And if you really want to see, um, if you really want to see what the, the, the good stuff for Cannibal Ferox is, you can really watch like the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's where you get the genital mutilation and all of that kind of crazy shit. There's one particular scene with breasts that is, uh, very much cited 
and it's awesome yeah. it's awesome it's it's fucking crazy that they did it uh but you really you could skip the entire fucking movie you could go to like the last 20 minutes of cannibal ferox and watch that and get everything you would want out of it and you could skip all of these long scenes of like you know of a fucking you know anteater slowly dying you know you can you can get past all of that and you yeah. can get past all of the bullshit quote-unquote story that this movie has <laughs> uh so so yeah uh if so, you don't know what quote-unquote means it, it's like air quotes but you can't see those either yeah it's uh it's like as it's basically saying so-called like the so-called story of this movie. i know I was yeah. making an extra joke on top. No, of that. I know, I know. You know, I'm saying for the for those listening. I'm saying for those listening. Uh, so yeah, Cannibal Ferox. Uh, I give it a Bad. big thumbs down. No. I give it a big, a big Chris's big fat hairy thumbs Thumb down. Down. Uh, whereas, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, that that kind of finishes up what I was what got cut short on the last episode was talking about the cannibal um italian cannibal film craze of the late right. 70s early 80s uh i really think you know there's a lot of them and people get mad at me for saying this but i think if you see one you've seen them all and if you're going to make it through one i would say make it holocaust and if you can get the grindhouse releasing version uh where you can skip the animal uh, killings yeah. altogether because they are not they do not matter to the plot at all they are not germane to it in any way uh they're just there for shock value so you can nor nor are they your majesty germane mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, or your majesty i don't even know what the hell that means <clears throat> so moving right along uh, as long as we're in the late uh 70s uh i had a little film that i wanted to jump right into because i i love this movie uh hit it I love it. Uh, not enough to watch it all the time, but I love it because it's insane that this movie exists. And that's a little film called Caligula. Oh, okay. I haven't seen this one all the way. Oh, like, this is another one. You, yeah, fill me in because this is like just a big fuck, fuck film, right? Like a big uh, orgy. Well, fuck. yes and no. Yes and no. no. It's, it's kind of crazy how this film came about. Um. So. This is a movie with Malcolm McDowell, Helen Mirren, and Peter O'Toole, all like established actors, mm-hmm. you know. But it's a hardcore pornographic movie. Mm-hmm. Now, so nice. how did this happen, right? You tell me. I will. Thank you. So, uh, the founder of Penthouse, Bob Guccione, uh, the most gang- the most gangster name ever, Bob Guccione. Well, he dreamed of making a big-budget, sexually-charged film. So he hired uh, the well-known writer Gore Vidal to write a screenplay about Mad Roman Emperor Caligula. Now, Gore Vidal, one of the greatest writers. Uh, you know, he gave us Lincoln, he gave us Live from Golgotha, Kalki, uh, and great nonfiction work like, you know, The Rise and Fall of the American Empire. Like, I love Gore, Gore Vidal. You know, excellent, excellent author. Um, and so he gets him to write a screenplay about it. But then, Guccione hires uh, Tinto Brass, a well-regarded European filmmaker, who dabbled in sexploitation films, but was, a pre- but was also prestigious enough to attract a cast of stars, like they got with, with McDowell and Peter O'Toole, you know, certainly Helen Mirren. 
but when filming began, uh, Brass rewrote the screenplay, causing Vidal to bow out of the film completely because he was like, "These rewrites are ridiculous." It's kind of like Nigel Keel with uh, with Halloween Three, where he was like, "You know what? You've turned this into garbage. I'm out." You know, it was like the uh, same thing. Yeah. You know, same thing. Uh, so, but then after a tumultuous shoot, Gushion was unhappy with the product anyway. Uh, so he and uh, Giancarlo Lu. Uh, filmed hardcore sex scenes to splice into the film. <laughs> because he's Bob Guccione, so he's like, well, this doesn't work. You know what'll fix it? Hardcore porn. Uh, the, the, off, the, off the cuff, this sounds like something you and I might have come up with to right. save a movie. So it's like, <laughs> right. it's like, and hijinks ensue. Right. Like, you know? <laughs> so as a result, uh, Brass, the original director, he took his name off the project too. Uh, he was like, fuck this. Uh, so they left the movie without a credited director. <laughs> uh, you know, this, this is, uh, 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 this is before like the whole Brian Smithy, uh, uh, film. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Is that, yeah. that, that didn't exist yet. Al Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, not Brian Smith. Who's the, the great horror author. Shouts out. Uh, yes. <laughs> no. So, uh, the result is a bizarre three hour movie. That's a mixture of costume drama, exploitation, and pornography. Uh, it, re it received scathing reviews, shockingly enough, uh, and ran into trouble with numerous censorship boards across the country because there is like legit hardcore porn in the movie. Yeah. Now, what what rating did it get at the time? Uh, it was X. It was X. It uh, was an X movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It got, because it had hardcore porn in it. Uh, but it's like weird hardcore porn too, because it's like Caligula, so it's like this Roman emperor and everything. But then they add they they added in all of these mythic figures like minotaurs and stuff. So there's like a minotaur with a fucking ten inch phallus and everything. Nice. It's, yeah, it's a weird, 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 terrible movie, uh, Caligula. But yeah, definitely uh, a lot of people were not having it when it came out in 1979. Well, apparently a lot of people weren't getting it then either. Huh? Am I right? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So um, moving along, here's a movie that uh, also caused a big stir when it comes to, because you know, we're talking about films that were banned, films that were controversial. This was banned in certain southern towns because, as we've learned talking uh, last show about Brewster's Millions, mm -hmm. Uh, Southerners, oh, Southerners have uh, take umbrage with everything, uh, especially Tennessee. <laughs> especially Tennessee. Uh, and in 1979, they took uh, they had a problem with Monty Python's "The Life of Brian." Right. Yep. Yeah, for sacrilegious, uh, you know, jokes for making fun of it, of the Bible. Yeah. It it makes it 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 just makes no sense. Uh, that kind of stuff is based on. Uh, just it, just the bot like like a, on a fantasy on a fairy tale book it's just like come on dude like yeah what are we doing yeah that's it, why it's banned that's the only reason it's banned that was it they that was it because they made was, fun of your thing yep that's all exactly. right so it was well, banned it was it, it was banned for blasphemy and this is 1979 this this isn't like the fucking spanish inquisition no pun intended no one expects <laughs> no no pun intended considering we're talking about a monty python fucking movie uh, but you know, this was this was the seventies, dude. This was almost I mean, this was almost the eighties. I mean, yeah. I was born. This is the year of my birth. Like a lot of good things were happening, except this. Yes, yes. 
so yeah, that's a, that's another it's uh, another fun one. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of catch us up with the '70s because we kind of jumped a, li- a little bit ahead talking about Faces of Death and Cannibal Holocaust on uh, the previous episode. There were still a couple of 70 one, 70s ones. It's just like, you know, talking about series like Faces of Death and Cannibal Italian films. Kind right. of got, you know, we kind of got co- meshed up off, there. Yeah. 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 But we're back online. I, I, I asked earlier about the rating because I, I did a lot of research into the the ratings and how that the MPA and all that kind of shit. So like they, they change the ratings between different years. So when we jump into the eighties you get like, you know, PG 13 and we don't get to NC 17 until right. later and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I am going to bring up the NC 17 thing, but yeah, you're right. PG 13 didn't come around until the eighties either. Mm-hmm. And that was because of a lot of Spielberg movies actually like yeah. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Gremlins and movies like that, where they were like, well, it's not hardcore enough to be R, but you know, it, it's definitely not enough to call it PG, so they invented PG-13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next movie I have on my list, uh, and I, I'm happy to bring this one up because I brought up the original Scarface from the 40s uh, on the on the previous episode, and that was mm-hmm. uh, that reached a lot of problems with censors uh, because it glamorized crime. But the uh, 1983 Al Pacino Scarface that we all know and love got a even bigger kick in the balls than the, the original did. Um, less, less than two months before the film's release, Scarface was given an X rating by the MPAA. Uh, De Palma, the director, Brian De Palma, uh, mm-hmm. had already recut the film three fucking times at that point. He recut the film. So mm-hmm. he said, and I quote, I've had it with these people. I'm not taking any more out. Uh, and then an, another person who worked on the film said, we've been designated as a pornographic film. We'll accept the X rating and, and, and move on and we'll appeal. Mm. Uh, now, Universal Studios would not release the film with an X rating due to the porn perception and the reduction of ticket sales being from no ads for an X rated film. Because uh, that was the thing is like a lot of mm. radio stations and TV like, you know, networks, they would not promote a movie that had X rating at all, period. Mm. Uh, so on November 8th, uh, 1983, uh, an appeal board composed of uh, 20 theater owners, studio executives, and independent distributors overturned the decision 17 to 3 in favor of an R rating. Uh, Tapama believed that the changes were minor enough to be unnoticeable, uh, so he released the film uncut, <laughs> only confessing to it after the film's release. How fucking badass is that? I- no, that I that's awesome. I have heard that before, but yeah, that's that's gangster as shit and yeah, yeah. like a gangster fucking film. Like and, no and they didn't even notice. It. Yeah, that's no what one called like, about it. Yeah. That's what's like that's what's so stupid about this shit. Like right. you're not even gonna follow up. It's just like <laughs> like there's something here in Houston where like this one of our freeway signs, like it's like the Stubiner airline or whatever, like the airline has been spelled wrong for like three months on this sign. And it only just got someone was like, "Hey, I think like," and they had to take it down. And I was like, "People don't even fucking and like that." You know, how many people does a a major freeway sign get by before it gets made, and everyone just is like, "Yeah." (laughs) But that's awesome. Yeah, he snuck that shit back in. Yeah, he just put it back in, and no one fucking noticed. It's hysterical. It's the best. Uh, I did skip over one um, by accident there, uh, and that's uh, Maniac from 1980, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Joe Spinell classic. Uh, 
that movie um got a lot of backlash for misogyny Misogy, um, yeah yeah, uh, you know, those who don't know, Maniac is the a slasher film about a guy who scalps women, uh, and that movie, uh, you know, Tobias, if you're listening, uh, you know, because you asked this question earlier, that movie is one of the few movies that really makes me feel filthy when I watch it, and I love Maniac. I have a poster of the fucking movie in my house. I, I love know. Maniac because I, I think. Yeah, you did. Uh, but I love Maniac because I think it's such an effective horror film in that it is like it's like horror. The, the whole concept of horror just punches you in the stomach when you watch mm -hmm. that movie. Just horror incarnate, you know, just punches you right in the gut. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it pulls no punches, some would say. No, it just it's just like being kicked in the dick with with horror. It makes you feel <laughs> filthy watching that movie. It does. Oh, oh, that's a blurb, dude. <laughs> dick. Dick, it's like dick being, oh horror. dude yeah for your next book <laughs> yeah i, I like would love i would love that dick yeah. with horror. no it is it's just it's such a vile movie and i like i remember when i first saw it and i wasn't young like it was a movie that i saw later i was in my 20s or something i first saw it and so i had already seen many other horror films and everything but something about maniac really just made me uncomfortable and, and to this day when i watch it when i watch that big finale and i won't say what happens if you haven't seen it but when i watch the finale of maniac it really makes my skin crawl to watch it uh and uh, there was a remake of it not too long ago uh with um uh what's his name frodo harry uh, potter was in it no it wasn't oh, harry oh frodo potter was it no uh, it was oh, fuck why am i elijah wood. Elijah, elijah wood elijah wood yeah who who is a, a great a great contributor to the horror genre with uh, his company, Spectre Vision. Uh, Elijah really loves horror and he does a great job. Uh, so there was a remake of it and the remake's okay. Like I actually, you know, I, I don't like that a lot of the, like the majority of the movie is shot from the killer's POV. So you're like seeing through his eyes the whole time. That's kind of a distraction to me, but, mm -hmm. um, but, but overall the movie's pretty good, but it's not, it does not have the same ick factor that the original has. Um, and so that was a, that one was very controversial and continues to be a controversial movie. Even the poster, which is not even a picture, <laughs> it's a drawing. But like you know, it's like this guy carrying a, a woman's scalp, and he clearly has like an erection and a, blood, and a yeah. bloody knife. <laughs> He's got yeah. a bloody knife, but like it was really like it's not just that. It's also like the thing that the censors have a problem with is he has like a big bulge in his pants, like he has a boner, you mm -hmm. know, in his jeans. Uh, but yeah, I have, I have that poster in my house because that's the kind of person i am uh but anyway i just wanted to mention that one before we we roll yeah, on yeah worth mentioning for sure and that's one with uh with uh, mr tom savini did the special effects for as well mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's great great uh practical effects in that uh in maniac uh so anyway uh jumping forward a couple of years this brings us to the nc-17 label which you had mentioned a minute ago mm -hmm. Right, uh, and the NC-17 label came about um, for a variety of, of different films, but there was one movie that's really credited as being the last straw, where it was like, okay, we need a rating, uh, and that's Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, uh, mm. one, one of the great, great shock films of all time, uh, with starring Michael Rooker as the yeah. typical character Henry. Uh, have you seen this movie? Yeah, Nick made me watch it. Excellent. Thank you. Thank uh, you for making him watching it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's an awesome, awesome movie. Uh, and I remember 
wanting to see this as a kid just from the poster. And the poster was very, uh, very basic. It's just him. Yeah, looking. it's just like a look in the mirror, right? But it's what it says on the poster that was so uh, that was so intense. It was like it's he, it says he's not Freddy, he's not Jason, he's real. Henry, portrait of a serial killer. Just that alone made me like, oh fuck, you know. Shots fired. I mean, I was nine, but you know, like it, 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 it fucked me up. No, I'm saying like they were like firing shots at the other, like. Oh yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, sure, sure. Throwing mad shade. Now, originally, the poster was uh, was it was artwork. It was originally artwork uh, by the artist Joe Coleman, who is who did uh, paintings of serial killers and things like that uh, at the time. And uh, the original artwork was considered too grotesque uh to to display it was basically banned the poster was banned and so that's when they came out with the 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 picture one that we all know now uh but you can go online you can see the 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 picture which actually ironically enough was him looking in the mirror but coleman created like all these images around it like all the stuff in his head and it's just really sick and twisted um now henry was too hardcore for r but there's no sex in the movie at all um, well, I'm, I guess there is, but like, you, it's not, you don't see anything. It's there's no, there's no, gra- yeah, it's implied yeah. that there's sex, but there's no graphic sex scenes at all. Mm. Uh, and even the violence, most of the violence in the movie is suggested too. And that's one of the things that's really creepy in that movie mm. that I love that I think was done to such great effect is they'll have a, they'll show you a dead body of someone like you know, this woman, just like, just fucked up, just destroyed. And you'll hear what happened like you'll hear sound effects like of like glass breaking and a woman screaming and a guy being like god damn you fucking bitch like you'll mm. hear all of that like it's a flashback audio while you're looking at this dead body and mm. god damn that is like some chilling shit in the movie it's so good uh but this is when uh the nc-17 rating really became a thing was with the movie henry because it was t- way too extreme for an r rating but didn't have any of the pornographic material that would warrant an X rating. Right. And um, like we were just talking about like suggest like these things that are like kind of suggested uh, horror or implied this. And it really brings to to me, I'm like, well, who's fucking deciding what's that like something that implied is like going to, you know, give it this hardcore rating because the you know these people this like eight people get to make this decision and maybe that it triggers them in some weird way not to use the word trigger but like i don't know that is always really bizarre right like no it it is it's like who gets to make who gets to make that call yeah uh henry though was very uh intense particularly for its time because a movie like that had not been made before where it was like there's no hero in that movie. It's not like, you know, most serial killer movies at the time, like it would have a cop chasing him. And like, this was just, you're just with Henry and Henry is a serial killer. And you just, that the whole movie you're with him, you're watching him, you're following him. It was unheard of at the time to make mm-hmm. that. So that in and of itself was very disturbing. And the movie to this day, I consider it one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen. I love the movie. It's fantastic. Uh, and even today, watching it, I'm like, God damn, man! Like they they haven't gotten much farther as far as disturbing cinema goes than they got with that movie on a very low budget in '86 uh, with uh, the great Michael Rooker, who has become a a big star uh, after that. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Main, like uh-huh. some would say, mainstream crossover totally. star. Yeah. 
No, totally. He's no, a he absolutely galaxy is. and shit. Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's a, a huge movie. star. But like back then, I guess you would say like. Oh, there's no one. That was his. People. That was, his, that was a indie film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People would be like NC17 movie. You're not. You'll never work again, kid. Right, right. You Meanwhile, yeah, like for, and for a while, you know, like he, you know, he was kind of doing like small parts in thrillers, or he was. Uh, you know, in horror movies, but yeah, he definitely made it to the big time. Yeah, he's in huge movies now, Suicide Squad and um, Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but he was also he was also in Slither, which I think is one of the most underrated horror comedies of all time. I love that fucking movie. Slither's cool. Yeah, you like that one? Yeah. yeah. What a good movie that is! I saw love that. that. Saw I that in the theater. Good. Great movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, we should watch uh, that. We should watch that on our on our anniversary together, okay. in, the hot, in the hot tub, like uh, as, a, tub. as a warm up for Serbian film. You know, we'll watch that first. <laughs> oh, got us going. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah, that's like you know, just <laughs> chum in the waters, so to speak. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Oh man. Uh, this so... is the ba- hey. This is how it gets saucy. This is banned movies, dude. You know, this, this kind is of shit. Movies. People get banned this for this, you know? Yep. Got me white and dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> no, you so... go... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so the next one, the, that, that brings us into uh, 87, and that brings me to, uh, and I will never know if I'm saying the guy's name's, name right, but uh, Georges Boutgorat. Uh, the famous uh, German uh, horror filmmaker who gave us mm-hmm. Necromantic and uh, and gave us Schramm and Der Todensking. Um, in 1987, he came out with Necromantic, and Necromantic is still one of the one of the very few. I think there's maybe ten movies that I could say make make me sick to my stomach, and um, Necromantic one and two uh, are definitely in there. Uh, particularly the first one. Something about the first one that, ooh, God. Not that two doesn't bring it, because it does. Holy shit, does it bring it? The finale of two is is more vile uh, and, and wretched than than the finale of the first one. But I think because I saw the first one first, I think it left a bigger scar on my conscience. Mm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I love I love the necromantic films. Uh, that you know, uh, they're they're a perfect example of. Um, foreign horror films uh surpassing american horror films as far as intensity and uh grotesquerie i i have to see those i haven't seen those oh shit well you sir in for a treat wow you're in for a treat if you really want to hate yourself uh yeah you can watch the necromantic movies oh boy another reason yeah absolutely I've got them both on on the special Blu-ray. I've got the fucking poster in my Cue house. Cue them up, Dom. I'm gonna hit the road now. I'll be there in 26 hours. <laughs> I I knew of these movies uh, growing up, but like it was impossible to get them. This is pre-internet days, you know. It was impossible to find them. Uh, and uh, but when I I finally saw them, I was like in my 30s. Like it was that late where I finally saw the Necromantic movies, and I remember watching the first one and knowing it was controversial, whatever, and I just had it on, and I was married at the time, and watching shit like this is probably why I'm not married anymore, because uh, my wife was doing stuff, and she, like, came into the living room, she was in the middle of, like, you know, saw on her phone doing stuff, 
And she saw some of this, and I'll never forget it. She was just like, what the fuck are you watching? What the fuck is this? Why do you watch these things? Like, she was, like, really just, like, had had it, I guess. You know, she's like, what the fuck? Uh, and I don't want to say what the scene was, if, you know, because I don't want to give anything away. But uh, it's called Necromantic, so obviously, no, it's a necrophilia-themed film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, good old Georges Butgarit. I don't even know how to say his name, but uh, anyway, he made all, all of his movies. All of them are really, really upsetting. Uh, in fact, Necroma- uh, Necromantic is still banned in multiple countries, even Canada. It's still banned. You know, so it's not just like these super like stuffy countries where it's banned. It's banned in Canada, even. And they're just like, no, too much. Yeah. Those are our friendly neighbors to the north. They are. They're, they're America's hat. Yeah. <laughs> and Maine is America's erect penis. And Florida is its flaccid feet. Droopy dick. I actually I think Florida isn't even a dick. I think it's just like a, a, a dingleberry. It's like a piece of a turd hanging onto the ass hair of America. Uh, that's the nicest thing I've ever said about Florida. So I was gonna say, like, wow, <laughs> taking it really taking it easy on them this week. What happened? Are you feeling nostalgic or something? <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of Florida, uh, move. Oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Did you have other ones you wanted to throw in until before no. I get to my next one? No, no, no. Go, go to the next one. Go there. Okay. Uh, this next, this is another series, another foreign series, and this spans from eighty-five to nineteen ninety. This is a six-film series, uh, Japanese films, known as the Guinea Pig series, uh, and these are shorter films, um, like uh, Mermaid in a Manhole and some of the, you know, the other ones. Uh, and these films are really just torture porn films. Uh, and no, they're not they're not real in any way, but they're they're movies like unlike Necromantic or Antichrist or any of these other ones we mentioned, these movies have no story at all. It's just, just it starts off and it's like, hey, here's this here's this naked woman. So for the next 35 minutes, she's going to be ripped to pieces while she's still alive. But that's really what shock for the are. sake of shock. That's it's, that's real. That's it. That's what they are. It's uh, it's just gore for the sake of gore. No story. No substance. Uh, again, they're not real, of course. Uh, but uh, this was this is still considered some of the most shocking and offensive films ever made, and with good reason. You know, I've I've not watched them all because it gets redundant because uh, mm. it really is the same shit. It's just these these Asian women getting uh, ripped apart, and it's not like it's not that it's. It's not like filled with rape or anything like that. At least the ones that I saw. It's just like, hey, here she is. She's naked. Time to rip out her guts and eat them. You know, it's just like someone being slowly, you know, eviscerated. Uh, that's that's the entire fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they continue to make movies like this, uh, but they're particularly more popular overseas. Uh, so yeah, the Guinea Pig series. Uh, that was another one that was. Uh, you know, on the video nasty list and not allowed to be seen in America and all these things. This was a big thing with the tape trading of like, hey, if you've got a copy of Necromantic, you can give me, I'll give you a copy of Guinea Pig part one and two or or whatever, you know. Or like Ride the Lightning, send over there too and get, you know, a guinea pig. Mm. And uh, perhaps, yes, uh, I don't know. It's a callback to our tape trading episode about anyway it doesn't matter okay i thought you were like metal up your ass i thought it was what you were ride the lightning was more of a commercial release wasn't it well it was their, one of their first mega one of their first mega force releases 
It doesn't matter. I was just, it was a joke. So no, I had to okay. explain it anyway. I'm going to make a mark to take it out. So go it's ahead. It's fine. It's fine. I just was trying to clarify. I didn't know what you meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that brings us right into the 90s. Do you have any from the 90s you want to you throw in, or should I just keep going? Uh, no, just here. No, keep going. My lists right. are... Because I'll comment on what you have okay. to say. Well, I was going to get into the films of Larry Clark. Uh, starting with uh, the most uh, notorious, which is Kids from 1995. Oh, talk about making you feel dirty after watching yeah, it. Yeah, you know Kids. That, that movie really, like, ha- yeah, that movie will affect you. Yeah. That's that's like a slap in the face of reality for a little yeah. white pussy boy. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, uh, and I think that was, that was the thing with that is, like, there were, you know, like people saw it and were really shocked and offended by it, but that movie came out and I was 18 when that came out and I saw it and I was like, yeah, so this is like everyday life for me uh, because, uh, you know, the area I grew up in. And it was like, you know, the movie is about teenagers that are just having like unprotected sex and doing lots of drugs and just being very reckless. Uh, and it was like, that's what makes that movie so good is it was a reflection on all of these small American towns where kids had nothing else to do, but get fucked up and, and screw and do drugs and get themselves killed. Uh, and so like, you know, the movie was kind of like, uh, you know, a, a, a river's edge for the nineties river's edge being one of my favorite films ever made. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what kids was like, you know, where it was just like, Hey, look at this. And people flip the fuck out. But it was a hundred percent accurate. It really, it really drives home an, an apathy. Uh, they had, they felt no, there was no remorse for what was happening. Uh, you know, like there's scenes like these kids beat this fucking kid with a skateboard, like and just spit on him while he's like bleeding and all this stuff. And the there is a rape scene at the end of this movie that I, if you want to like talk about like guys i we were young like when i watched this i was like my mouth just was open and i was like i can't believe this because she's like so passed out but saying no 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 oh it's just like uh, it's rough. it's so disturbing to watch like yeah, and i yeah. was like uh, I and i want to clarify really... i want to clarify like uh, that part wasn't like my life <laughs> i want to clarify no 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 i know it's, it, 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 no 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 it, it yeah. shows like a very hardcore like a, a piece of slice of reality that a lot of people you just like looking at something like you don't know then this is what it what it is warts and all type of thing that followed these kids around but some right. of the the behaviors like i said it's it's very apt like they don't give a shit there's no remorse there's no yeah. apathy towards everything yeah. and uh that and scene you know is just funny? so crazy and power like no, affecting and you know what's funny is larry clark went on to make other uh films and he made a movie a few years later called bully and bully was filmed uh around the same area that i grew up in and it's based on a story uh based on a true story that happened in the area i grew up in in fact my hometown of palm day is mentioned several times in the movie and the movie is basically about this group of kids and like one of them like bullies the other ones and they eventually decide to kill him because he's such a bully uh and like 
it, it fucking takes place like where I grew up. So I watch it. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what it was like where I where I grew up. It's exactly what it was like. And it's this funny thing where people watching they're like, oh man, that's so fucked up. And I'm and like, it was the same thing with kids where I'm like, yeah, what's what's the big deal? You know, it's like it's just that's where I grew up. And it was like, fuck, I it wasn't something you don't realize it like until you're older, uh, like when when you when you're living in a place that's terrible or you go through a traumatic experience you don't really realize it until you're older and other people point it out to you like that's fucked up dude it's like you just think that that's how it is you know that that's you just think that's what life is you don't it doesn't occur to you that shit shouldn't be that way you know exactly and on the flip side of that is like i would you know see uh you know, the hallowed halls of Bayside High and Zach Morris and Kelly Kapowski walking through. And I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what. Yeah, of course, this is this is what life is, this is what I experienced in high school. I call timeouts in the hallway and just kind of like speak my mind. Yeah. You know, I stole, you know, my mom's car for prom and shit. Like when we had a near miss. It's just like that's what I see. You know, it's uh, it's great. Yeah. You know, so so on that way, I relate. This is why this is why I like my my old friend Phil who called into the show before and was like stop talking about Florida because he was like it brings back I like Phil well no no I know I like Phil too but remember he called into the show and he was like Chris you need to yeah. stop talking about Florida on the show because there's a reason we got the fuck out of there and he's like he was like it's triggering to me it's he said that he's like it's triggering yeah, I, when I you talk about it and I'm sorry Phil but you know like it's my way of uh, of of dealing with it you know I, I talk about it uh, yeah, so. Phil. But we still love you. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't saying otherwise. Uh, no, I'm just reiterating. All right. So, in 1996, a movie came out called Crash. 96. Called and speaking Cr of sex, yes, Crash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little film called Crash by David Cronenberg, based on the novel by J.G. Ballard. Mm -hmm. uh, and Crash is a super graphic story about people who get turned on by car crashes yeah. uh that's the way they get turned on is by being in car wrecks uh and so it's a really sick twisted book it became a mm -hmm. very sick twisted movie uh and when this movie came out um i was working at blockbuster video at the time wow, and what a difference yeah wow shut up i'm gonna punch you in the mouth uh so anyway uh blockbuster sucked uh i know a lot of people are nostalgic for blockbuster and i understand like the magic of going to the video store on friday night and all that but blockbuster was a terrible company to work for they really were uh and uh, also blockbuster uh killed the mom and pop video store and the mom and pop video store would give you nc-17 movies whereas blockbuster made movies cut they, they would force people to cut their films just to be released through blockbuster they neutered uh, Made them they neuter did. their films. Yeah, like movies like Bad Lieutenant and you know Henry. Like like you couldn't get them at Blockbuster unless the directors or the production company put out an R-rated version, which they did. Uh, and like so Walmart did for the music industry, making yeah, them completely that's the change. That, and that's uh, the thing. So like, and otherwise, yeah. you got cut out of so many retailers, and so like yeah. you had to make a, a Walmart version. And that's the thing. Blockbuster was the same way. They're like, no, we're the family Christian video store. Uh, but they, at the same time, they were killing all the competition, you know? And so you like, if you wanted to see gross, twisted, fucked up, you know, movies, you couldn't get them at Blockbuster. You had to go somewhere else to get them. And mm -hmm. so I worked at a video store at the time the crash came out. I went to another video store 
to rent it because at Blockbuster <laughs> we got crashed the the censored version, and I went to Movie Gallery instead to get the uncut NC seventeen version. And you know, and I, it was funny because I worked at Blockbuster. I went to Movie Gallery all the time because if I wanted to see you know like Meet the Feebles or something like that, I could not get it at Blockbuster. And so all you people out there who all in the statue were Block Blockbuster, they were fucking censors. They were censors, and they were an evil corporation that killed the bomb pop video store and suppress their workers and tried to take away the uh, artistic expression of filmmakers by limiting what could and could not be seen to the general audience. So don't be nostalgic for blockbuster. Yeah. And that like, Oh, that last final blockbuster that's out there that everyone sucks at stick. Why don't you just go piss up a rope? You fuck. I'll, yeah. You know, and did also, but I have to ask you, did you go into movie gallery in your blockbuster like shirt, like a big dick move? Like, <laughs> did you do that? Did you ever do that? <laughs> like, I, I probably did because it was yeah. it was really it was like in the same plaza. So I would why like, didn't they just hire the you? you if you were over there like renting good movies? Why didn't they see the value in your uh, knowledge and shit? I don't know. I don't know. Are you away from the competition, dude? Hey, I don't know. But, you know, like I, I, had, I had a good thing going at blockbuster because uh me and my buddy Tom worked there together, and we shots out, Tom. We we dicked we dicked around, and uh, we had a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no, it was a terrible company to work for, terrible. Uh, and so fuck Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Crash was uh, was an awesome movie, and and uh, Crash has some really graphic stuff. Uh, it was the first movie that I can one of the only's I can think of where someone's wound gets fucked. Uh, Rosanna Arquette has that fucking wound in her thigh, mm-hmm. and, and James Spader props up her fucking leg and like fucks the wound. That's Ugh. fucking beautiful, dude. That's yeah. cinema. That's cinema. Now that's cinema. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall I move on? Do you have any you want to throw in here? No. All right. No, just you keep going. I'm commenting on yours. Okay. You know more than me. Uh, my mine is more about like ratings and shit. Okay. Well, I mean, we could talk about those two. You know. No, no, I like this. Really okay. Uh, that brings me to the 1998 uh, uh, film, Happiness. Uh, are you familiar with Happiness, John? Wayne? No, I haven't seen Happiness. Yeah. I haven't. Ex- I never have experienced Happiness, but I've seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, 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 oh. Oh. All right. All right. Stinky. So... I love this movie, and this is one of those like forgotten movies. This movie that like so many people like don't even know what the fuck you're talking about when you bring up this movie, and it's because it was beaten down by censors. Uh, Happiness came out in 1998. Uh, the film was highly controversial for its heavy sexual themes, particularly pedophilia. Uh, the Sundance Film Festival refused to accept the film, alleging it to be too disagreeable. October Films was the initial distributor for the film and even helped finance it, but owner Seagram refused to release the movie and dropped it from the company. Good Machine, another company, ended up releasing the movie on their own, creating a new distribution arm in the process. Due to adult themes, Happiness received an NC-17 rating from the MPAA, and that caused the film to be limited in distribution. The film also had difficulty in advertising. Uh, for that particular reason, Happiness surrender rating, and it was instead released unrated. Uh, and so this is why the movie kind of just just disappeared. Uh, but it stars Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, and Lara Flynn Boyle. 
uh, and, a, a, and a slew of others. Uh, and yeah, the movie is extremely dark. It's these like vignettes that all kind of tie together, these different people. Uh, and one of them, uh, one of the characters is a pedophile. It's a guy who is just obsessed with his son's best friend. And it really, it's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen in a movie, dude, where they they follow him and his obsession with trying to uh, uh, drug and rape this boy. And they put you in his shoes, like you're kind of like following along with him on his path. And there's a scene in the movie where like he, like he's trying to get the kid to take the drugged drink that he made for him. And the kid's kind of like, nah, I'm cool and everything. And it's like this tense moment where you're like, like you realize, oh my god, no, why am I why am I rooting for this? Like you're like sitting there watching, you're like, you're like, oh dude, it's like it's so suspenseful. You're like, he's working all this way up to like drugging this kid's drink, and you're like, oh fuck, if the kid doesn't take it, he won't get it. And then you're like, wait, what? No, you don't want the kid to take it. But like you realize you're like almost rooting in a way because like you've been following the pedophile character the whole time. Wow. Uh so the, the way it manipulates you, oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucking brilliant, man. It's great. Uh yeah, so it's a very it's an unflinching movie. Um, Who yeah. plays that? Is, does Philip Seymour Hoffman play that character? No, no, no. Uh, I, for, I forget the actor's name, but you know you've seen him in other things. Like he was in the the more modern Trick or Treat movie, uh, the you know the anthology movie. He was in that, and he's been in other stuff. I don't remember the actor's That's name. That's cool. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is captivating. Rest yeah, Philip Hoffman. Seymour Hoffman plays a character who's who uh, makes dirty, obscene phone calls, and at one point, like the woman he's calling manages to like get his number and call him back and like calls him out and is like hey come fuck me then you know it's 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 a it's a messed up movie dude it's really right. good happiness yeah. happiness good luck finding it uh you'll probably have to just go out and buy it uh to to see it um but uh yeah happiness is some good stuff dude good stuff come and fuck me then come and fuck me then yeah um right around that same time uh, and this kind of ties back to Larry Clark uh, uh, Harmony Corine uh, also did a lot of movies about antisocial behavior in juveniles. Uh, and that brings me to a little movie called Gummo, which came out in 97. I've heard that. I've, I've heard it pronounced Corinne. Am I, have I been, like, Harm, Harmony Corinne is how I've heard Corinne? it. Corinne? Yeah. Corine? I don't know. I, yeah. You, that but Gummo, right. uh, yeah, Gummo fucks you up in a big bad yeah, way. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Gummo was a messed up movie, uh, and that's like the the white trash version of kids. Of kids, you know? and yeah, I wasn't trying is. to yeah. I wasn't trying to correct you there. I was trying to okay. uh, I was trying to see if I was wrong. Like, is that right? How you say it? I don't know. It, I, but, uh, dude, like I said, I don't know. Either way, Gummo is fucked, isn't it? Gummo is like if you <laughs> if you are uh, if you're soft hearted towards. Uh, slower like in, uh, you just don't want to watch this movie if you have like yeah, a yeah. issue with uh inbred people who can't <laughs> learn so good <laughs> well that's the thing about the movie but, it's like but you know, you know who's in it uh what's her name i really like uh this actress chloe Savani. yes chloe Savani. Yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah she's in it uh she was in a lot of harmonies uh movies and uh larry clark's films as well she got her start in kids um Oh yeah, she was in kids. She was. Yeah, that was her her first movie. Yeah. Uh Gummo I like better than kids, uh, in the sense that it's much more arresting when you watch it. Uh and while all of the um main scenes in the movie were scripted, 
there's a lot of stuff in the movie where they just went to, and I forget where it was that they did it, but it was like Missouri or someplace like that. A lot of the scenes where like these people are just like standing around talking and shooting the shit, they just mm -hmm. rolled camera in in Missouri. So like there's these scenes of these like dumb rednecks talking about how they hate black people or whatever, and that's all real. That's just yeah. real footage that they shot that they put it interspliced into the actual. Uh, storylines that are going on in Gummo. Uh, yeah, some would are... say Missouri also. Missouri, right. But yeah, Gummo yeah. has some in intense shit, man. It's, you know, mm -hmm. like the one guy has uh, is prostituting out his uh, mentally challenged sister and everything. And like some of the customers are like 12, you know, like these 12-year-old boys paying to mm. have sex with a retarded girl. Like it's Not... crazy, man. Yeah. That movie is it not not for the faint of scrotum, I would say. No, not for the faint no. of scrotum. You do like saying that. You said that on the last episode too. That's yeah. good. It's Mr. Okay. Show. People know what that means. Okay. Well, uh so then we leap skip scabity boo right into the uh the two thousands. Mm -hmm. And the first movie from the two thousands, uh from the year two thousand itself, uh Truly one of my favorite movies, uh, based on a novel by one of my favorite authors. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Love, 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 love that movie. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, the director, um, director. Who, also, who also gave us The Wrestler, which I, is my, in my top 10 favorite films, uh, and gave us uh, uh, Black Swan and, and Pie right. and other films. Uh, and Hubert Selby Jr., who I've, yes, Hubert Selby Jr. Uh, wrote the novel that it's based on. Uh, and I've mentioned Selby many, many times on the show as being one of my favorite authors, a huge influence on me. Um, and so I was very excited to see one of his books being made into a movie. Uh, the uh, Last Exit to Brooklyn was made into a film before this, but it wasn't, Last Exit to Brooklyn, I don't think really worked as a movie uh, because it's so many different intersecting stories whereas requiem for a dream it's like it's a whole novel about like four basically four characters and uh, they did the, the aronofsky did it justice perfectly it is one of the few films that is spot on to the book like that and some of the coen brothers stuff like true grit and no country for old men those are spot on uh to the book mm -hmm. uh and requiem for a dream of course i got into a lot of trouble it's a movie about uh drug addiction and the horrors of drug addiction um mm -hmm. uh, but there's a uh, there's a scene in in the film where one the female character played by the lovely uh jennifer conley uh is uh brought in to do a sex show for uh mm -hmm. for these men uh mm -hmm. in order to get money for uh for drugs and uh it's extremely graphic and mm -hmm. that that scene was the one that they that was cut in order to be released through blockbuster and hollywood video and all of these limp dick ones who like insisted upon it and uh we, that we was... can't we can't say that scene like this movie came out like 30 years ago we can't i just i don't like to spoil i don't oh, okay. like to spoil right. things i don't like to spoil things uh I, I, like if if someone's listening to this and hasn't seen requiem for dream you should go and you should watch it immediately uh because you'll, you'll feel like... bad about doing drugs and or you'll just want to hasten to the end but it make that's another one that makes you feel dirty it does yeah. it, it makes you dirty it, it upsets you you know but it's like it's it's important it's about how drugs ruin your fucking life i mean look at john wayne you know 
Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm kidding. I kid nope. because I love. I kid because. No, nope. that's okay. I'm on the path, man. No, no. The regular dream is about heroin, heroin addicts, and you, then you're not a heroin yeah. addict. And and no, and meth and stuff too, like uh, or in uppers, like the mom gets addicted yes, to pills yeah. and shit. Like it's it's all of that underbelly of. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So there's definitely that that side to it too. But the bulk of it is about heroin. Uh, there's like I said, there's four characters, and three of them. It's about it's heroin that destroys opiate them. addiction. Yeah. yeah, it's it's heroin. Um, but uh, yeah, what a what a great fucking movie that is. Great book too. Um, so that's a controversial one, but at the same time, it's like I think. That one is controversial and serves a purpose. Like, I think that's the type of movie where, like, if I had kids, I'd be like, okay, you're 12. It's time to talk about drugs. Sit down. We're going to watch Requiem for a Dream. Oh, <laughs> you know? man. I would. I would do that, you know? What? This woman reminds me of Nana. It should. It should. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that movie, uh, I, 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 I like... Um, Darren Aronofsky is one of my favorites as well. Like uh, Pie, I got really super into when it came out, um, and then of course Requiem for a Dream, and then going on like we we and the rest we listed them. But if you haven't checked him out, spoiler alert, he's good. Watch the movies. Yep. Well, there was you know other stuff that came out in the two thousands, but I really only had uh, uh, like a couple more that I wanted to run through because it's kind of like the same type of thing that they got in trouble for and it's just like you know explicit violence and things like that you have movies like itchy the killer martyrs uh, itchy the killer i saw in college for my uh one of my film appreciation classes that was assigned and i was like oh shit that movie ruled yeah yeah so uh itchy itchy the killer however itchy and scratchy the killers um itchy and skishy yeah uh, ippy and jippy uh martyrs which I absolutely love that movie. That's one of the greatest horror films. Martyrs, the French version, not the American version. Martyrs is horrifying. Uh, Inside, mm-hmm. another one. Th- those are the two like great French horror films of recent years. Um, well, recent as in the last 20 years, I guess you could say. Uh, I love those movies very much. They're extremely graphic and extremely intense watches. Uh, of course, we had Human Centipede, that whole trilogy. Mm. Uh, but I did want to bring up Serbian film. Um, you know, that was in my notes and we talked a little bit about it already because of the it's a good, Yeah. It's, it's a good great, place to go. Great movie. Uh, and Spasov Jevskik, I, I think is how you, is based, maybe how you say his name guy who made it. Uh, he actually said that, uh, this is a diary of our own molestation by the Serbian government. Uh, it's about the monolithic power of leaders who hypnotize you to do things you don't want to do. You have to feel the violence to know what it's about. Uh, because a lot of people have criticized it uh, for obvious reasons, uh, in that it's you know, like so graphic and shocking and uh, you know, uh, rape and child rape and all these things that are in the movie. Uh, and really what he's said several times, and this is one of the reasons it's called a Serbian film and doesn't have a different title, is because Serbia uh, apparently is very, very, very strict with uh, their filmmakers and what they allow them to make. Apparently, like, everything has to be, like, fucking G-rated, you know? And so this was, like, their way of saying fuck you in making this movie. Um, so that's one of the big things about the movies is it's a push against against censorship. And a lot of people don't realize that when they when they talk about the movie, that that's why it's one of the reasons it's so extreme. But as an extreme horror film, 
I really love uh, a Serbian film. I think it's one of the most effective uh, of the extreme horror films. I think it's very well made. I don't think it's just for shock value. Uh, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of other movies out there like Human Centipede and Hostel and stuff where I think it's more for the shock value, whereas I think a Serbian film is much more well done than those movies. Uh, I think it's it's just it's well acted, it's well directed, it's very intense. Is it over the top? Absolutely. Is it a little bit far fetched to think this would ever happen? Absolutely. But it's it's one of those movies that really just like man, you gra- you grab the, the the fucking arms of your chair when you watch that fucking movie. Well, it's like a true protest movie, and like it's like a. It's like Rocky Three when like fucking Apollo Creed takes him into the gym and makes him look around at the. I'm actually being serious when he makes him look around and he's like, look at all, look at their eyes. You see that hunger in their eyes? You don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. You're comparing it to Hostel, like Eli Roth, all that kind of shit. These people are actually making a movie to try to protest against the the censorship that they've un- endured uh, all these years. They're not, and then like you know these movies, Hostel and the ones that got banned. That's like they don't have to do anything. They don't jump through hoops to fucking right. put these movies out. You know what right, I mean? Like right. it's easy. Like that's what happened to Rocky. He got gotcha. fucking just fought palookas the whole time. He got soft. And he got soft and he didn't have the fucking eye of the tiger. And he had to come back and like they had to show him, like, look at these guys. They want it more than you, and you're supposed mm-hmm. to be the best, you know? Yeah. So yeah. sorry. That's what I just that's what came to my mind. No, it's I, okay. That's okay. I just I I was just like, okay, Rocky. <laughs> so but I see where you went there with it. I see where you went with it. I, I get it now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Serbian film is one of those like is one of the most fucking um banned movies there is though like it's it's banned in many countries from being shown at all it's one of the few movies like you know we mentioned all these other movies uh if you go onto netflix and type in you know crash or kids or necromantic like they may not have it but it'll yeah. pop up it'll pop up you know mm-hmm. uh, like you like if you still get dvds from it like like i managed to, like back when i saw cannibal holocaust for the first time it's because i rented it from netflix i got the dvd sent to me in the mail yeah uh serbian film it doesn't even pop up they're like what are yeah. you talking about they don't even act like it is it exists you did know? you mean frozen yeah yeah no the, no yeah, i yeah, i meant <laughs> that, that's, any yeah, of these other ones you. any of these other ones that at least pop up and they'll say oh it's out of stock or we don't do Serbian film, they act like it doesn't even exist. Serbian film is because of the content of the film is so wrong and upsetting mm-hmm. uh, that people just act like it doesn't even exist, you know? Yeah. So, um, now I can, I can hear people out there listening right now screaming about how we, we didn't get into all of the slasher films and how heavily they were attacked and how they had to be cut all throughout the 80s. And that's because we already did shows yeah. talking about the slasher films. I just wanted to say that. I mm. want to say we're not forgetting that and how like how attacked the slasher you know genre was. They absolutely were. Uh, but we we talked at length about them already on previous episodes. So that's why we skipped them. But uh, I will want I did want to mention this because I thought it was kind of a fun little thing. Uh, and so I wanted to quiz you, uh, Mr. John Wayne. Okay. Um out of all the slashers, Freddy, Jason, Michael, all the guys, uh, do you know who who has the highest kill count of their entire career? 
Roy? Well, Roy was one movie, so try again. I'm going to go with Roy. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know what? I'll give it I to you. I feel like this is a quick trick question, no, and it's no. Roy. Uh, well, I'll give it to you. It's Thank uh, you. You're, you're, you're partial credit. Uh, okay. Jason, Jason, the Friday 13th go. films. Jason has killed the most people in his entire career of, of a span of 12 films. Jason has killed 157 people. That's incredible when you really add it up, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, and some people said he couldn't do it, you know? Freddy. Yeah. Haters pin, out there. Pin face, pinhead. Pin face. Some We're, kid, some kid this weekend. This at the is convention. a this is a horror show uh, no, featuring no. two published horror authors. No, no. Uh, refer to him as Pinface. No, no. Listen, this kid, this kid uh, was looking at this this uh, pinhead uh, piece of art uh, by Terry Collier, who was like right next to me at you know his booth was next to me, and he, and he was like, "Who is that Pinface?" I every, I saw this kid all three days. And roasted the shit out of him about uh -huh. Pinface. Just like, oh hey, Mr. Pinface, Pinface. Like he probably had to go home and change his identity. Like I was just like yeah. really because his friend kept laughing at him, like laughing right, right. like, yeah, you fucking idiot. Like it was <laughs> like, yeah. So Pinhead, yeah. But Pinhead. I think it's Roy. But Jason, yes. uh it's Jason. Jason, 157. Mm. Uh do you, you want to know who number two is? I do, but do I get a guess or? Sure. Can I take a guess at number two? Take a, take a guess. Who's who's number two? Jason had a hundred and fifty-seven. Damn. Uh, fuck. That's hard. Um, that's what she said. Uh, pinhead. Pinhead. Nope. Uh, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. A hundred. <sighs> 121 kills under Michael Myers' belt. <clears throat> yeah. That's close. 121. And, uh, and you know, I, I can hear people out there be like, whoa, what about Freddy Krueger? No, you're not paying attention. Freddy Krueger. He killed like 11 people, right? Yeah, he killed no one compared to Jason Myers. Freddy Krueger killed 42 in his in his span of movies. So Jason, really? Yeah. That's so Jason, lot. that's a lot, but not compared to Jason or Michael Myers. 42 compared to 157? No, no, I mean, it seems like a lot. Like I when I like I said, like when I think about those movies, I'm like, what did he kill? Like 10, 11 people? Well, no, because here's know? the thing. Here's the thing. Like, Freddy is a very different type of slasher. Freddy likes to tease his victims. He likes to taunt them and scare them mm -hmm. and chase them. He's more of a sadist. Jason just wants to fucking kill you. Mm -hmm. Freddy wants to play it out. He wants to torture you. He wants to get his jollies. Like Freddy, it's always been like a sexual thing with killing. Jason just wants to fucking kill you. He just yeah. wants you dead. Same Wham, like bam, thank you, man. They yeah. just want you dead. Freddy wants to like scare you, make you run through his boiler room, makes you see things and all that. So it's that's a different fine. thing. It's a different yeah. thing. And that's fine. That's fine. That's not nothing against Freddy. Of course not. Well, who's number uh, three then? Um, well, I I when, as far as those two, uh, I think Freddy is probably his number, uh, or actually, no, Freddy's 40, had 42. Uh, Jigsaw and Chucky are kind of tied for, like, number three as runners-up. Jigsaw from the Saw movies and mm -hmm. uh, Chucky, you know, from mm -hmm. Child's Play. Uh, they they were kind of uh, in the number three slot. Mm, yeah, Jigsaw killed a lot of, they had a lot of killings in that movie, yeah. those movies. Yeah. So. But you also got to think about the, the amount of, the number of films, you know, like yeah. the, 
as well, you know. Um, so yeah, Jigsaw and Chucky are, are, are number three. So, um, and of course, these numbers are always changing as the movies come out. Uh, they're in flux. Yeah, they're in, they're in flux. But yeah. So, uh, but speaking of body counts, uh, it's I funny. See. But it's funny enough, um, there are certain movies or movie series that uh, that have extremely high body counts. And they're not horror movies. They're usually action movies. Uh, oh, the movie, yeah, I can see that. The movie uh, Die Hard 2 uh, and uh, the movie Rambo 4. In Rambo 4, just in the fourth Rambo movie, Rambo 4 has a body count of 254 people. <laughs> 254 people that's I, it yeah it's like it's like three people a, a second or something like what, on average the movie is what, insane <laughs> what about the the last one like with all the exploding chili heads and shit like that they could kill like 300 people in that movie it, it, in, in rambo rambo five yeah it's not as much as as rambo four no, Rambo, no, not nearly. No, oh. uh, that's the one um, where they're in Burma and uh, mm. and he's the, like it's the religious the people. jungle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In the in the latest one, five, uh, it's like he's like trapping these Mexican drug cartel guys and everything. That's right. And oh, yeah, right. there's and there's a lot of carnage in that too, but not nearly, not nearly Rambo four. Uh, mm. And just that big scene at the end in the uh, with the. 50 caliber machine gun where he's just taking people out and you're just seeing you literally see people who are standing up and they're they're shot at the knees and their legs fly out from under them and then they fall mm -hmm. rambo 4 is one of the goriest movies i've ever seen it is the so bloody and gory and graphic it's incredible uh i love that movie it's so fucking it's just gory beyond belief, dude. It's he like rips a guy's throat out with his bare hands. He decapitates yeah. people with a machete, and then there's that bloodbath finale. Um, yeah, that movie did cause a lot of stir. I yeah, remember. yeah, I yeah. Um, and then um, uh, many years before it was Die Hard Two, which Die Hard Two is not as gory and not as as, as graphic at all, mm -hmm. but it had it it had the highest body count uh, of of all time in cinema when it came out. And it's still more than Rambo. Uh, it was 271 uh, body count. And a lot of that is like there's a big plane that carries 200 people yeah. that's, blow, that's blown up in the movie. Uh, so wow. that, you know, that's 200 people right there. But that kind was a big, cheating. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't think I don't think they were trying to have the highest body count. Uh, but there was oh, okay. it, it did raise it did raise a lot of eyebrows at the time when it came out. It was like 91 or 92 or something. That tire two came out and it was like. Everyone was screaming about it. They were saying 271 people get murdered in this movie. It's out of control. Movies are too violent these days. Yada yada yada. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they attacked. Uh, they attacked John McClane. You know, you, you shouldn't fucking do that. I mean, he made like 17 more of those movies after that. <laughs> and then he tried to play Charles Bronson. I mean, come on. Yeah, let's not get into that. I'll just get mad. I know. So uh, yeah. Uh, hey, buddy, want my advice? Bruce Willis, you're in the wrong business. Hey, hey, Eli Roth, why don't you come up with something original for Christ's sake? I've yeah. got 168 acres of watermelon crop out there. It's going to go bad unless we start picking. So those are all the notes that I have. Uh, going forward, like the, the way we have 
issues now with movies being banned uh, is more boring because now it's more legal issues. Mm-hmm. Now we have these issues like, you know, Friday 13th comes out and it's like, well, you can't call it Friday 13th because one Ugh. person owns the rights to the words yeah. Friday 13th. So you have to call it Jason X J- or Jason goes to Jason hell. Died. Yeah, it, you can't call it Friday. Like, this is where we come into issues now. With Jason the- takes Manhattan, all that shit. Yeah. It's this fucking. Is- this is where Literally. we run into it now, where it's legal issues. That, Money. That, yeah, fucking it's cucks. Legal you shit. fucking cucks. We're like something Stop will, fucking around with some, our shit. Something will be about to be to come out, and they'll be like, well, the rights are tied up with this and that, and so a movie is made, but then it's put in the can because like the guy who wrote it sued the guy who produced it, and back and forth. That's where we come into these banned situations now. Uh, right. It's Now it's all legal battles. Yeah. Um, licensing and uh it's rights right. so own your hey kids own your publishing rights out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. um for sure so that you don't have to run into shit like that yeah um but yeah it seems uh there's no there's not even like you would be like well why can they come together on this because they don't fucking care unless they get paid so yeah we'll never get it no, it's a different time we're living in now. Like mm-hmm. the, the art has taken a huge backseat to profits. Like movies were always a big money making industry, but like the the Scorseses and the and the Lynches and like all those people, like we don't have a lot of those people n- now. Uh, like not new ones anyway. Like now it's more just about the money making machine and filling seats and not yeah. giving a shit about whether or not it's a good product. Uh, it's just about how how can we fill seats, and that's why you know we get so much redundant shit. So, yeah, it sucks. Yep, but there's sure still does. good things out there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Scratch the surface. They're out there somewhere. Just keep searching, people. And while you're waiting, you can go and you can look at all of these movies that we've talked about. Yeah. You can go and watch Necromantic and and Gummo and Cannibal Holocaust and inside and martyrs and all these other movies that we mentioned if you really want to just upset yourself shock the senses check them out try to find them yeah i was just looking up kids to see how hard that would be to find and it, it might not be as easy to find as i thought it would be but worth the worth i mean that these are easy these people know how to work the internet these days you can find all these movies you're right yes you're right you know what else you're right about that's a show. So a show. I think that skip So thanks guys for this is like part two of the band film series. Um if you have questions, comments, call us on the Corey hotline, 832-930-1347. And uh we'll continue on. We have more things to say about things that have been banned. We will. Next episode we're gonna talk about banned books and banned writing. Mm, and we'll bam. talk more about my friend Hubie Selva Jr., who I apparently can't stop talking about. <laughs> well, and we'll also have a guest star, guest appearance by Hubert Selby Jr., rest in power. Yeah, back from the, the grave. grave. From the yeah. grave. He's here to see whose mom the baby daddy is. So tune in next time. Okay, he's just just babbling now. So uh, tune in next week where we will talk about uh, controversial books and banned books. Yep. Maybe even including our own. (laughs) Maybe. Because we write filth. 
particularly me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>